0: The following sermon is by Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. Please visit us at 2100 Noble Road in Raleigh or on the web at com. And now, here's Pastor Steve. Amen, church. Let's take our Bibles this morning and turn to 1 Corinthians, chapter number 12. While you're turning, that's in the New Testament. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew back in front of you. You just kind of open it up to the middle and keep turning to the right-hand side, and you will eventually come to 1 Corinthians. While you're turning, I just want to um, say a couple of words. Uh, If you've been visiting with us for some time, or if you know somebody that's looking for a church, or uh, has not been involved, or maybe just has some questions, on uh, the February the fifth, I believe it is uh, first Sunday in February, at nine thirty in the fellowship hall, we're going to have a breakfast and kind of our connections class there. And so uh, it's an opportunity for both saved people and lost people, uh, just anybody that's that's come to the church or that you think would be interested in, uh, they can come meet me and the staff and ask questions, find out more about the Lord Jesus, find out more about His church here at Emmanuel. And so we just want to use that as an opportunity for people to have. Have good exposure to what this church is really all about. So that is February the 5th during the Sunday school hour at 9.30 to 10.30 in the, um, in the fellowship hall. And so please, um, if you want to uh, come to that, then please let us know at the office. And then also I want to remind you that um, next Sunday, next Sunday at the end of service, we will do just like we normally do, have our invitation, and then we'll pray as a congregation together and be dismissed. And uh, directly following next Sunday morning service, uh, we're going to ask folks to kind of um, uh, leave, not uh, too quickly, but uh, move toward the outside there in the foyer area. And uh, myself and our prayer coordinator, Melanie Chambers, and uh, some of our deacons are going to remain down front here. And if there's anybody in the church that uh, would just like to have somebody pray with you, uh, so maybe uh, maybe you have an illness, or maybe uh, you're struggling emotionally, or maybe you have some situations in family life. And You just say, I'd just love if somebody, one of the leaders of the church, could pray with me. Now let me remind you, let me just say to you very clearly, this is not a healing service. This is not some sort of charismatic movement. We just simply want to be God's people, and we want to lead and love and pray for the people of our congregation. And so if you're here, maybe even today, we'd love to pray with you afterward. But next Sunday morning, for sure, at the close of the service, if you just feel like you would like for somebody to um, remain and pray with you, we want to invite you to stay for that. won't be a long time, but right down here in the front, after uh, the Sunday morning service next week. If you know anybody that really needs prayer as well, please invite them to come, not only to the worship service, but to be a part of that as well. All we want to do is simply pray for the people of our church, the people for our community, and we always recognize that it is not us that does all of this, but we are calling upon the God of heaven to have mercy and grace and strength to help our people here. So I want to invite you to be a part of that. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Let's read, if we would, I'll read out loud, you read quietly. uh, Verse number 12, down through verse number 26. And I know that's a a large portion of Scripture, but you hang with me. Verse number 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse number 12, picking up. For even as the body is one body, and yet has many members, and all the members of the body... Though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. And if the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body." And if the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for that reason any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as He desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now they are many members, but one Body, verse number 21, and the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, one of these, uh, on these we bestow more abundant honor and our less presentable members become much more presentable. Whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. Watch again. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division or schism in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffers with it. And if one member is honored, all the members Rejoice with it. Would you bow for a word of prayer? Our Father, we thank You again for Your mercy and kindness. We thank You for this day to be able to come and worship corporately together as the body of Christ at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Lord, we thank You for the good Sunday school hour and the Bible lessons and prayer requests and relationships that were forged. We thank You for this great service, Lord, to be able to sing together and pray together and give together And then, Lord, to come and break the Word of God and to study Your Word together. We don't want to take that for granted. We want to say thank You so much for all of that. We pray now in this space of time that Jesus Christ would be glorified and that Your Spirit would convict and convince the heart of all who are here, both believer and unbeliever, that Jesus Christ is Lord. He is the Lord of salvation and He is the Lord of our growth in Him. And He is the Lord of this body, Lord. We will thank You and bless You, for it is in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. The text that is in front of us today deals mainly with this imagery of the church being the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, we didn't read verse number 27, but again, you'd see there that it is the body of Christ. Some 17 times in this ver- these verses, we find the repetition of the word body. And so we're on this series discussing and talking and speaking a little bit about the church of the living God. And so last week, we talked about the imagery that we are the people of God. And this week, we want to talk about the fact that the Bible says that we are not only the people people of God but we are the body of Christ and the apostle Paul uses this section to say just as the human body works together so the church of the Lord Jesus Christ works together. And so what I want to do today is just kind of break this text apart for you in three small points, and I'll kind of teach as we go and make those. So uh, verse number 12, before we actually get to the first point, verse number 12, uh, those of you that are kind of keeping notes, it's a synopsis verse. You can find everything in verse 13 to 26 inside of verse number 12. And so he says here, for even as the body is one, that's one unit, and yet it has many members... All the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. And now you would expect him to say, so also is the church, right? Because he's making an analogy between the church and the body of Christ, but that's not what he says he says, so also is Christ. And the reason why the Apostle Paul says that is because he identifies us with Jesus so closely as not to make too much of a distinction that the church has its importance and its value and its glory because it simply is a part of the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And He alone is the head of of the church. So let me just make some points here. Verse number 13 is our first point of the day. And simply, you could remember the point by saying, Unity, or we are one. The church of the living God should be the body of Christ, and we are unified. We should be together as one unit. Look what it says here. For by one Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew or Greek. Notice here, doesn't matter your race, your ethnicity, where you come from in the world, whether Jew or Greek, whether slave or free, no matter how much money you have or how much money you don't have, no matter what side of the tracks you come from, no matter what your aptitude and ability and education, whether Jew or Greek, rich or poor, slave or free, we are one body in Christ Jesus. And we were all made to drink of one spirit. You'll notice the repetition of the Holy Spirit at the beginning of the verse and the repetition of the Holy Spirit at the end of the verse. And what happens inside of that is that God makes us a unified, a unity of believers where we are one people of God together. Wrapped up in verse number 13 implicitly and indirectly is the idea of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the Lord's Supper together. The two ordinances that were given to the church are ultimately fused together in the body of the believing church. And when it talks about here the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it is not so much talking about a second blessing, although one day we will speak together about being filled with the Holy Spirit and the fact that uh, the longer we go in our Christian walk, He does do this stairway. Case work in our life whereby we grow in faith to faith and the Spirit of God infuses and empowers and grows us in great ability as we grow. But in this verse, the baptism of the Holy Spirit takes place at the moment of conversion and the Spirit of God is what draws us into the body of Christ through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have been made to drink in the Spirit of God speaking there of the Lord's Supper that through his body and through his his blood through the sacrifice on the cross we have become the body of the Lord Jesus Christ and so i just simply want to say the first point today is the body of the Lord Jesus Christ the church at emmanuel baptist church is one we are one body in the same way the Apostles Paul would say here, in the same way your, your hand and your arm and your legs and toes, it's not that we're all a bunch of different bodies. It's not that we've all got a bunch of different ideas. We are one people of God together. All of the use, all of the plural pronouns here in this passage, they're all in plurality. It's not just speaking about the individual believer, but the Apostle Paul is saying to the church at Corinth, and by nature he is saying to everybody in this church this morning, we are one body as a manual. We belong together, our identity together, we are the people of God in this community. Now I want to ask you, is that the way that you live? Is that the way that you treat each other? Is that the way that you walk? That this church is one body together, unified. It's as if we all sing one song together. uh, Okay, so I'll tell you a little story. Many of you know, sometimes I mess up the lyrics of songs when I sing, and Jamie won't let me sing in the choir because my singing is terrible. I proved it again last night to my wife. We're laying there and uh, talking, and we were talking about good songs that we like. And I said, "Yeah, you know that, you know that song, uh, "Shine Jesus Shine," from back in the day." Anybody remember that old, that old song, right? And, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little hokey at points, but, I mean, it's a good song. Shine, Jesus, shine. And I was like, yeah, it goes like this. Shine, Jesus, shine. Bum, bum, bum. Good times never fail so good. She, she said, no, darling. I, I think you've got sweet Caroline in there somewhere. No, baby, I'm telling you. That's it. Shine, Jesus, shine. Bump, bump. he's right in there, you know. So, stupid miracle of YouTube. We looked it up. And wouldn't you know, they changed that song. (laughs) Hey. Brothers and sisters, hey, hear me me clearly. Sometimes that's the way we are in church life. Sometimes we're singing good songs, but we're not singing the same song together. What God wants us to do is for us all to sing the same song together. He wants us all to be a unified body of believers. Before I move on, I just want to give you a couple of little small practical points of what it takes for us to be unified. You see, unity is not so much marked about never having a conflict or never having any disagreement or never having different thoughts. What really marks unity is purpose and a vision. And where everybody in the room might come from different backgrounds and have different ideas and think differently, but everybody is marching to the same beat of the same drummer, to the same song. We're saying, this is what we do. And we're going to figure out a way that we can all come together and do the same thing to the glory of God. Now you may know here our, our vision statement for this church is that we proclaim the gospel and reflect the kingdom. Can I just say to you, that may change in some years. Sometimes we we, we we try and formulate good sentences and ways to capsulize the main idea, but what God really wants from His church worldwide and what God really wants from our church at Emmanuel is that we're the kind of church that worship God, tell the world about Jesus, and disciple each other to be more like Jesus Christ. It's all throughout the Bible, and that's the vision for the entire church for the rest of the world until Jesus comes again glorify him tell the gospel of Jesus to the world and become disciples of him And if you're not beating that drum, if that's not the heartbeat that you live for, if that's not what you're at this church to do, then you need to get right with Jesus. I started to say go somewhere else. Don't do that. You'll just mess that place up. Get right with Jesus. Get on board and have the same mission, the same goal, the unity of the believers. Don't sing a different song. Sing this song. Sing this song together. Unity. Unity requires a good vision. And unity requires humble submissiveness. You see, in order to have good unity in a church, you have to have leadership. And uh, and over the next several weeks, we're going to continue speaking about the church and walk through that. And I'll probably take a sermon or two to explain to you what the Bible has to say about church leadership. But hear me and hear me clearly today. The church is not a democracy. It is not. The church is a group of people that come together and they elect leaders whom they are willing to humbly submit to. And those leaders know that they are under the tutelage and the grace of God and that they have been elected by the body of Christ And so they lead in humility and grace and love, not condescending to people, but coming alongside and lifting people up. But they are the leaders of the church. If we want humility, if we want unity in the church, then it's not every man for himself and everybody have a different idea. It's that we operate what's the best and what is the leadership said for the church life and what we're doing together. And whether I see that or not, I humble myself. And if it's biblical, if it's in the book, and if it's not going against Scripture, then I get on board. And I say, Where can I serve? And how can I help? And what can I do? Every committee in a church life, everyone should never, ever, ever meet and say, now what do we want to do? Every committee should get together and say, let's pray, let's find out what the vision is of our church, which I just told you, and let's do everything we can to pull in the same direction to help accomplish what is going on in this body of believers. That's unity. Unity. That's unity. Secondly, from verse number 14 down to verse number 20, here's the second point. There's diversity in God's people. Unity and diversity. 14 to 20. Maybe you would just want to say it like this. Not only are we one, but we are many. And read along here with me, I'll show you. For the body is not one member, but many, right? And if the foot says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, well, that's nonsense, right? Right? And, uh, look what it says there again. It says, uh, or if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body. It is not for any more, less the part of the body. No. And then look at verse number 17. What, how, how freakish would it be if the whole body were an eyeball? Uh, we were reading in our group on, uh, we were reading, um, Friday afternoon, had our little group reading about 12 o'clock, and uh, Molly uh, helped me out with my illustration today. We were reading through there and said, if the whole body were an eyeball, and she started snickering, you know, like, like laughing a little bit, and I said, what's going on? And she told me that there's a movie called Monsters, Inc. Anybody ever seen that? And apparently there's a guy named Mike Wazowski, and he is a big eyeball. Okay. I've not personally met Mike. But I'm just going to venture to say that if Mike is a big eyeball, he's a freak. Okay, not everybody in not everybody in just like our body is not one big eyeball. Just like what if where would the where would the hearing be? But what if everybody would just had one big ear? What if you just had one massive ear on top of your neck? Where would the sense of smell be? No, there are many members in the church. Not everybody is a mouth. And no jokes in here about the preacher, right? We already got a loud enough mouth as it is. Not everybody's a mouth. Not everybody's an eye. Not everybody's an ear. Not everybody's an elbow. But I want to tell you something. Everybody matters. And this church and everybody has a place in this church. Every member belongs. Now what do you do? Now what part of the body of Christ at Emmanuel Baptist Church are you Those are questions for you to think through. Diagnostic questions for you to think about. In this church body, how do I serve? How do I live? What am I contributing to the body of Christ at this place? Do I help the church see? Do I help the church speak? Do I help the church walk? Do I help the church work with its hands? Do I help the church think? What do you do? Maybe you're one of those quieter members of the church who may not be external, but you're internal to the human body, but you are so very needed. Maybe you're the heartbeat of the church. And not everybody in the world holds a heart in their hand and says, look at how precious and how beautiful this heart is. Nobody would say that, but I think everybody in this room is thankful this morning that you have a heart in your chest that is beating. Amen? Are you a heart? Are you lungs? Do you help the church breathe in? Are you a pinky toe? Where do you fit in the body of Christ? I want you to understand that the Apostle Paul says, you're valuable, you're needed, and the church cannot do without you. Did you hear me this morning? Just say, take that in. This church has a membership that values each and every member. We are one together, but we are many members. Somebody asked me, uh, in fact, we did a podcast the other day, and uh, somebody was asking me uh, what, um, what's my favorite part of church or what brings me the most joy. And certainly when people get saved, when they trust Jesus, that brings me great joy in my life. But one of, the things, uh, one, of, one of the other things that brings me great joy is to worship on Sunday morning and just listen to all of the people and talk to everybody and see everybody. And somehow all of these people in this room today, we make church happen. We are part of the body of Christ. We all have different personalities. We all have different likes and dislikes. We all have different preferences. We have, we're vastly different people in this room. But somehow God has enabled us through Jesus Christ and His blood and His sacrifice for us. Jesus has brought us together. Amen. And we count. We matter. I don't know what your family background is. I don't know if you matter to anybody else in the world. But if you're a part of this church, you matter to God and His people. You don't have to have a special skill set to be a part of this body. God values you, and so does his church. Let me make a third point if you would. Look back. Well, you know what? I do need to point this out to you. No, I get that at the end. Look at, verse number, um, look at verse number 21. Third simple point. Verse 21 to 26. So we have unity. We have diversity. Right? And you, you understand, right? That's where the, like the word university means, right? That's out of the many, one. That's what a university should be. Is that you'll go there and it's many different people understanding the one great vision and they come out being a diverse group of people wrapped around the same vision. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But what I can tell you is that what church is, is we are a unified body of believers made up of a diverse bunch of people for God's glory. Verse 21 to 26, though, is not only do we have a diversity, but we have a camaraderie. That is, we are together. So we are one, we are different, or we are many, and we are together. Look with me if you would back at these verses quickly. Verse 21, And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. You see that? You don't get to throw that away just because it's not what you like. Or again, the head says to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem, notice the language there, not that they really are, but they seem to be weaker, are necessary. Isn't, aren't you glad that's the way God's church works? That it isn't a dog-eat-dog CEO world, business model, where only the strong survive. You come to this place, and no matter what your baggage is, we love you, and you count to God and His people. Amen? I'm sorry. Hey, that's the way it ought to be. Breathe, Steve. On the contrary, it's much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker, they're necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on these we bestow much more abundant honor. The word is glory here. And our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body. Brothers and sisters, don't you see you may have come here today and somebody may have, may have said, hey, you got your hair cut and you look pretty. Somebody might say, you got a new suit of clothes on and you look handsome. Somebody might look at you and say, well, that's a great feature and that's this and that's that. But there's, I assure you, nobody here today got this compliment. You have the most lovely liver I have ever seen. If you did, please tell me who told you that because I will avoid them. That's odd. We need the presentable members, sure. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of members that may not do all the fancy stuff. But you're the heartbeat of what we do. And you count. And you matter. And God loves you and we love you. And so you ought to cherish this church. You ought to cherish these people. It is not just about you. It is about us together. This whole passage is about a local church loving and living together as a family and as the body of Christ. Please live that way. And don't discount somebody else in the church just because they don't have the same gifts that you do and the same talents that you do. They matter and God loves them. And rather than writing them off, why don't you find where they do fit? Why don't you find where God has gifted them and helped them and then come alongside and then help them to be a part of what the Lord is doing in this body of believers here? At the end of verse 24, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked. Why? Why is it that way? Why did God design it this way that we esteem even those who seem to not have all the gifts so that there may be no division? The word here is the word for schism in the body. But look at, look at the contrast in the verse. So that there's no division, but that the members may have the same care. The word care here is the word for anxiety. It's the word for worry. If there is a word for biting all of your nails off, that would be the word. It's the same word where you find be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. In fact, the word here means to brood over, to hold over, to think about, to long for. I'll tell you the way the people of God should be. Not that we put people off and only use people for what they think we think that they can give to us, but that we care so much for the people in this congregation that we're willing to brood over them and write them and call them and talk to them and invest in them. These are the brothers and sisters of your life. When the outside world comes here and they come to visit or we go and tell them about Jesus and they come to check us out, what we want them to see is not some mere organization, but the organism of God's people. And we want somebody to say, I've been an elbow all my life and now i found a place I fit because of what Christ has done. Well, let me in these verses, I'll make a couple of points. Look at verse 26. And this just beautiful. Man, just worship in this, this. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer. Don't you get that? You ever stub your toe in the dark at night? It's not like you're just, it's not like you stub your toe and only your toe hurts. Right? You stub your toe, and probably the first two things are is that you hurt your lip as well too because you're trying to make sure that no colorful words come out of your mouth. Don't act pious with me, you know it. You stub your toe, you feel it from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. The whole body feels it. I want to ask you something. Do we have the kind of people here that when one person suffers, we all suffer? When one person hurts, we all hurt. When one person aches, we all ache. I say, Steve, that would be exhausting for us to love each other and be a part of each other's life to make that happen. And I'm telling you, in this lifetime, we're not going to be able to make that happen completely. There will always be times where people fall through the cracks. But I mean, listen, do everything that you can in your life to make it that way. Spend the rest of your life in this church trying to go after the goal of loving everybody to the point where you're invested in their life. And when they suffer, you hurt. Say, how, how could I do that? You could go to Sunday school and listen to the prayer request. You could come this Wednesday night and pray with us. Maybe eat a meal with some folks. As I've told you before, Wednesday night's a great time. Listen, we'll serve you up to 620 with a smile for Jesus. And now we even got a healthy option. If you need a salad... Come sit with the people. Join the choir. Do something. Invest in the lives of the people. Okay. Let me just give you these little three quick little points and we'll be finished. That's a big passage today, but that's how you want to break it up. Verse number 13 is unity. Verse 14 to 20 is this diversity in the body of Christ. And verse number 21 to 26 really has to do with a camaraderie that we are working together. So let me just say this. Why is this important to talk about the church being the body of Christ? Number one, it's important because that's how God designed it. Look back, if you will, at verse number 18. But now God has placed... See, the verb belongs here to God. He is the one doing the action. But now God has placed the members, each one of them, in the body just as He desired. If you're a part of this body of Christ, it is because God designed it for you to be here and be a part of it. Verse number 24, same thing. But God has so composed the body... And I don't have time to explain it today, but verse number 28 is the same way. It is God who makes the decision. Verse 18, 24, and 27, and 8. God is the one who has decided to do this. And so why is it important for us to be the body of Christ, to be unified, to be diversified, and to have camaraderie in what we do as the body of the Lord Jesus? Because that's the design of God for your life, and He knows best. Amen? Here's a second point. It shows our submissiveness to Christ. The Bible teaches that Christ is the head of the church. And in this passage, we find that so is Christ. Verse number 12, the reason why we are one, the reason why we are many, and the reason why we work together is because that's the way that Christ operates. And we want to be the kind of church that uplifts and exalts Christ every day of our life. Can I just pause and make one third point here for you? When we live like this, it shows the power of the Gospel to the lost world. And I I cannot think of a better moment in time for us to realize that that when we live as a whole body, unified, diversified, working together, loving each other under the headship of Jesus Christ, it shows the world that it is possible to have Unity but only in Jesus. Look at our nation. Everybody's crying for healing. Everybody wants things to be made right. Everybody says, well, let's let's try to get it together. We seem to be a nation divided. The vitriol and the anger and the frustration that comes out on both ends of this thing is ridiculous. But if it serves for anything, it serves to show you that outside of Jesus Christ there will never be peace. But red and yellow and black and white, when our world looks at us, let them see that we are a diverse congregation that has come together. And we may have different backgrounds, we may have different income, we may have different ideas, but we have come together because we have come together on the idea that Jesus Christ really is God's Son that He came into this world and died on a cross and rose again three days later, and that every human being who turns from their sin and puts their faith and confidence in Jesus, that He will give them eternal life and a new home and a new family. And the reason why we can make it work here is not because of how good we are or how smart we are or all of our schemes and plans. It is because we are bowing our hearts and minds to Jesus. And He is Lord over all. I speak to our people. Church is important because you're the body of Christ. And our unity and our diversity and our camaraderie all focuses and hinges on Jesus. That's what this church is about. And that's what we will always be about. And that's how we're going to make it happen here. If you're here, whether you've been here a long time or short time, or this is the first time you've ever visited with us, we want you to understand that what we teach and preach very clearly is this, that the only hope an individual has in this world is to stop trusting in themselves, stop trusting in any false religion, to give up in their mind and heart and to come to Jesus and beg that He would save you. You are the one that is in need, not Him. You are the one who needs saving, not Him. It is your life that is off the tracks, not His. Plead with Him today. Please save me. Please help me. I'll give you my whole life. Would you bow your heads with me and close your eyes for a moment? Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And for those of you that's visiting with us today, look, all we we're not going to call you out, make you stand up. We're not going to do anything with you out of the ordinary. We just kind of take a moment to bow our heads, close our eyes. Nobody's looking around. in just a moment we'll stand together and we'll, we'll sing a song together as a group but right where you are right now if you do not know Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of your life I want you to talk to him you can do that quietly with your mouth you can do that in your mind but with everything that you have inside, talk to Him. Confess to Him that you are not a good leader of your life, that you are a sinner, that you have come short of His glory, that you fail. And plead with Him. Ask Him to save you, to change you to take out your heart that is stone and to give you a new heart that is soft. Commit this day that the rest of your life you will serve Jesus Christ alone. And if you make that decision today, before this day is over, when we pray and were dismissed, would you find me? Let me know that you have made this one-time decision today. And we will come alongside of you as the body of Christ. And we will serve you and help you and train you. But that decision is in your lap now. And for the people of this church... I want you to leave here today cherishing the body of believers at Emmanuel and ask yourself, where do you fit? And how do you show that you care for each other in the way that you care for your own body? You've been listening to Stephen Tillis, pastor of Emmanuel Baptist Church in Raleigh. For more information and free access to other messages, Please visit us at ebcraleigh.com